Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk show. Recorded Talk show live. Audio. Talk show audience, are you there? All right, talk show audience, I'm already here. So if you're here, then uh, say amen or text back or something. But uh, we're on live. It is the 27th of September. It is now 11.54, and we are live. Service is in progress. And if at times it gets clouded, then let me know. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to show you this in Isaiah. Are you already there in Isaiah? I'm not. So let's see. Here we go. I'm going to show you something. Are you guys ready to find out what season that we're in? Are you guys ready to find, Can I tell you something? Jesus talked about faith. And you know what kind of faith he talked about? Um, leave it there and I might bring it in. All right, That's cool. I like that. Isaiah, Isaiah, now watch this. Did you know that we're in a time and a season where all hands are required? You know that we can't do it without you. We can't. Some people give into the kingdom, they come and they partake. You know, this this morning when we got together to pray, we need to get together and pray all the time. You know, Pastor George has prayer at a certain time. He's on talk to and at his house. He's opened it up. We had a, we, you know, every, those that are close enough and those that can, their schedules allow, go there. Tune in. We've got to be a praying church. But apart from prayer, there's not a lot we can do. And, and God wants to begin to use us in such a miraculous way because signs follow them that believe. Isn't that true? How many, you know, we forget about the gospels of Jesus. You know what? We've got to be on fire. We have fire God in us. Some of us, you know how you can tell you're not on fire? Because the people that you hang around with are still hungry after they meet you. You're going like, Pastor. You know, the scriptures are full of passages that tell us that so many of us get fulfilled in other in other arenas when we're supposed to be fulfilled in his presence. Amen? Some of us want the accolades of other people. You know what? In counseling people, you should lead them to Jesus and not to your wisdom. All right, 48, uh, we'll start at verse 16. It says, come near to me and listen to this. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret. At the time it happens, I am there. Everyone say, at the time it happens. Now, some of you might have it in another in other translation. One of the translations says that I'm speaking in this season. Say season. season. See, now, God is always speaking. And you know that God uses, can I tell you something? A lot of us, I was listening to Keith Moore and I was laughing because he said a lot of people, did you know that you're a minority when you think that God speaks to you? Because a lot of people don't believe that God speaks. A lot of people believe, and this is what I'm listening, listening to him, a lot of people say, 
ooh, this must have happened because God wants to, you know, you got an accident. God wants to get your attention. So, we think that God has to slap our heads to get us into and create circumstances to get you to move. What a primitive way to do that. Don't we do that with animals? We put bits in their mouth and we use a board to smack them? Yeah. I heard on the radio that Yep. There's a lot of it that, that, that speaks that way. It's just, and God doesn't use accidents. You know, oh, this happened. I, you know what I, I don't like? As soon as I hear it, it's a signal. I want to get involved, but I don't. The Spirit of God doesn't leave. This must have happened for a reason. No, the reason is that you were not aware. What do we tell our kids? They, they do something where they're not careful. You know what's funny is that um, the other day Mark was walking with a bowl of cereal. He served himself a big bowl of cereal and it was overflowing, but it, but it wasn't spilling. And he walked over to the tray without spilling a drop. And I noticed that and I said, you're skilled, son. Because I don't even carry a cup of coffee that's still. And the other kids leave a trail of cereal. And what happens is the other kids got like, oh, yeah, I'm insulted. But what happens is this guy had the skill of a beauty queen. Just floated <laughs> and set it down without even – now watch this. But when other kids do this, what do we do? Oh, it was an accident. Hey, you need to be more aware. You need to be careful. You, isn't that true? You know that God guides us the same way, but we're the sheep of his pasture. But sometimes we don't want to hear. He says, my sheep hear my what? Did you know that God doesn't bring earthquakes to get our attention? Because he said he wasn't in the earthquake. Remember when he took him up to the cleft of the rock? He said, I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the fire. I'm not in all of these things. So, you know, even insurance companies got it wrong. God is not in those things. Did you know, watch this, judgment, because we are not, how many know that God's people are not appointed unto wrath? How many know that's the truth? If God's people aren't appointed to wrath, they need to hear when something's happening. If there's a big earthquake in, 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 in Chile, and they say that there's a tsunami wave coming, don't go to the beach and look at it. How <laughs> <laughs> do people do? They go out there in the water with cameras. It's like, what's wrong with you? It's like when Mount St. Helen was blowing up. These guys all set up their tripods and then they'll watch it and then they will wow, just mow them down. I'm like, what's going on? This is how most Christians live. Well, in Jesus' name, I'm protected. Did he tell you to be there? I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up some things that are very real for the season because judgment comes on nations. Say nations. Not you. So if, if judgment comes to the United States because they're selling land for Israel, because they are some appointed times and things that God has said that will not be taken back, we need to be on our wall. We need to be the watchmen that are praying that God stay the judgment because the Bible said that if there are ten righteous, it's not just ten righteous that exist. See, we think, oh, I'm here and I'm righteous. No. What are you doing? Are you the watchman on the wall? Pastor, you're in your late 50s. You ought to be taking it easy. No, I'm going to be like Caleb. I'm going to swing a sword like I was 20. And if, even if it's 13 years later, could you imagine 13 years later, he was 80. Add 13 to that. That's 93. He said, give me the best land with all the giants. I'm going to take it. You know, there was no retirement. How many days do we work and then rest? What did Jesus say? What did God say? How many days do we work? And then which one do we rest? The seventh. But where do we, where do we go on the seventh day? Church. Now, you know what a lot of men do? Well, that's the only day I have, man. Well, good. Give it to God. Well, I can't tithe. Who said you can't? You give it to him first. What's it? And... 
Give it to him first. Let him bless the 90. Remember, you can't outgive God. Everybody look at me. Smile real big. Do we trust him? This is how we trust him. You can't outgive him. And so here he is, what he's saying. I like how he says it here. Now watch. Pastor, where's your face? Why are you wearing your glasses? You know, God provided people to grind, grind glass so that I could see better. Now watch this. <laughs> I'm playing with you. Now watch. Come near to me and listen to me. From the, everybody say listen, because this is important. Say listen. Watch this. And listen to me. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret. At the time or season, it happened. I'm there. Now watch this. Everyone say I'm here. In this season, right now, and I'm listening. This is important. We have to be in this place. Can I tell you something? Don't be a bonehead. You know what a bonehead is? Someone's unwilling to change. Get ready. Someone's going to teach you principles of faith that's not Hagen. But the roots are Hagen. Can I tell you something? Pop Hagen taught well. You know, I, my grandmother, she wanted me to grow in the things of God. You know what she did? And it's funny because... Uh, I don't know why I was, they, she would do that, but she'd go and she'd go somewhere and says, get the whole library. What? She got me the whole library that Brother Hagen had. She'd buy his Bibles. She'd buy, you know what, man, I cut my teeth on Brother Kenneth Hagen. But if Brother Kenneth Hagen come down and slap my head if all I was doing is teaching his stuff. Because I'm not teaching the principles of faith for the season. I'm not growing. So the general taught me, but I'm still a private. I'm still a grunt. I ought to be a general. I ought to start moving the prophetic like him. Because he was my teacher. I'm supposed to outdo him. Don't be a bonehead. There's more seed being dropped on the wayside. The wayside is the bonehead that doesn't allow the word to stick and the enemy takes it. Because the, I'm going to take you to the principles of the sower sows the word. I'm going to take you there. I'm going to show you. Because see, in the Chronicles, we learned what? What did we learn in the Chronicles, the steps that we take? We learned, can I tell you something? There are ten principles of the kingdom of heaven. Now watch this. And he said, listen, I and now the sovereign Lord. You know what he said? The sovereign Lord sent me. You know what he says? Sovereign Lord means that I'm God and I'll do what I want. The psalmist declared that he is God and he'll do what he wants. You know what we like to do? We have all the neat little principles and the neat little foundations and the neat little formulas and God's saying... Oh, my God. We have all these Legos built up. Because the Legos, the Bible says that the teachings and the things that he said are the Legos of the Word. What are Legos for kids? What are they, what are they called? Building blocks. But you know what God does with his Word? He, well, we have all kinds of room in here. You know what he does with it? I love how God does it. Have you ever played with kids and you kind of knock down their stuff? Have you ever done that? You just kind of mix up their stuff? You know what God does to our Legos? He mixes them up. And he says, now build for the season. Build for the season. So we think we got it made and God goes, knocks our Legos down. He said, let me show you how to build those because what you got is too small. I remember being in art class in junior high one time when this teacher was, oh, an outstanding art teacher. He could, you know, in my eyes, this guy could draw anything and paint anything and make it look good, right? And one day I built, I made this guy and I put a big, because you had to do the scenery first and I had the golf course. And because I used to go with my dad golfing, I put a lake in there and everything, and then I drew this golfer. I am not an artist. I do stick figures very well. But I put this guy, and I looked, and I did my best, and I thought this was good. Well, he looked at this and said, it's all right. 
And then he got a red marker on my painting. But you're thinking too small, man. Boy, you've got to think big. And he got my guy and drew on top of him, made this thing and redrew it and made it look good and put the lakes. And so all of a sudden there was perspective everywhere. But I was insulted that my masterpiece, he wrote on top of it, tore it up. And he goes, you get a C for this boy, but I want you to see. You know, at that moment, because I was insecure and I was a perfectionist, I never drew again. Because he just told me I was a colossal failure. And what took me so long, he just drew on top of it. And so I just, I just glide through this class. I'll get out and never take art again. Because I didn't like to be told I was wrong. Do you know that a lot of believers operate this way and their Legos get destroyed because they believe that they have built a foundation on what they know and God is saying, I'm going to tear it down and show you how to think bigger. I'm going to tear it down, not take it away, but what you have built was not, is not for this season. Amen, Pastor. Good word. High five. That is where we're at today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch this. And he said, listen to me. They have sent me with his spirit. This is what the Lord says to you, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And this is important. Everyone say Israel. Now Israel is Jacob, redeemed. Amen. Do you know that the lineage, he was, that Israel was, was through all the, all the 12 tribes came through the one who was the heel, the heel grabber. That's important. Say it's important. Look at me. He picked the guy who grabbed the heel, who stole an inheritance. Can I tell you something? Everything about him, the where he got, was in our eyes, in our own perfect little world, he did everything. And I, you know what? It would make a good... Lifetime drama movie, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? You know, look, the things he got involved in, the women he was with, I mean, just everything, the lineage that he got through. Jesus, part of his descendancy, was from a prostitute. Part of his lineage. Don't ever park yourself because you don't believe you're perfect. Isn't it, isn't it something? And, and, and here he is pumping up this guy, and he says, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you. Now, that, the, the NIV, the, in, in this scripture, this is where I, I take my liberty and call it the new and complete version. Because it doesn't say teach you what's best for you, because you know what we do in our religious mind? He's going to show me what's better for me. No, he says, who teaches you. Watch this how to prosper, to teach you how to be successful. That's what the direct Hebrew meaning is, how to, how to be successful. Some of you might have an a, a international standard version. Some of you might have some of these other versions in the Bible that tell you, but it's tell you how to be successful, how, how to prosper, and who directs you in the way you should go. Someone said something? How to profit. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that whatever you put your hands to will prosper will prosper, will profit. Now, everyone thinks profit is gaining millions of dollars. No, it's not. 
Did you know that prosperity is for you to have enough and to, and to be able to give? It depends on how big you want to give as to what God will put in your hand to release. Amen? Now watch it. You know that your faith to give has to be bigger than what you receive in order to receive more. Amen? Yeah, that's something you need to write down. Now watch this. To teach you what is, and direct you in the way you should go. Who directs you in, your, in, your, in how to get there? It's true. You know, you can live by principle and miss God because he directs you. He's always speaking. How many know that David always sought the Lord when he was going to go fight? His horses, that was great sin in the eyes of God because he wasn't depending on it. Yet, he says that your horses are prepared for the day of battle, but the battle belongs to the Lord. I send you craftsmen that, build, that make swords that fit your hand perfectly in balance so that you can win in battle. But the battle belongs to God. So don't count your swords, don't count your horses, and don't count your men. I will give you the plan. Does it sound contradictory? Yeah, but it's not, because he will direct your path. A lot of us do what we did last year, and it doesn't work. Did we seek him out? They went to go fight smaller battles than they ever did before. And if David took off ahead of, ahead of the, talking to God, they'd get whomped, wouldn't they? Because God wasn't with them. Did you know that God's word, his instruction, precedes the steps that you take and will guarantee success? His word, everyone say his word works. When you launch out without his word, his word will not work on your behalf because he watches over his word to perform it. So when he speaks, he lays out the groundwork for you to walk on because he's watching over the word to perform it. We think he's working in us. No, he's laying out the groundwork so that wherever you step, you succeed because his word's been there. The word works. Charles Capps used to say, no matter what the circumstances, that's what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. What a confession. And he turned it into a song. But you, we forget that. We launch out without God. He's with me. Yes, he is. But his instruction isn't. Because you walk on the instruction of the Lord. And this is what he's showing you right now. And watch what he says. And he says, I love how he says, uh-oh, I'm missing for you. I love that, you know, I quote this scripture a lot of times that uh, we'll get there. That's a whole page ahead. Now watch. Who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. I like this. If only you had paid attention to my words, your peace would have been like a river. Some people say, well, I'm not at peace, because you didn't attend to his word. How about, how about for you to write this down, Proverbs 4.20, my son, attend to my words. How many attend to his words? See, a lot of times, can I tell you something where a lot of believers live and they fail? Watch this. I know God is with me, so I'm going to go. Then something blows up in your face, and God, weren't you with me? He said, yeah. I was with you through the explosion. That's why you're still alive. But he didn't direct you. He said, why did you take off without me? You know, the kids, because you know what? Our children are alphas. But sometimes they forget that I'm the main alpha. And what happens is we'll go to a store, and they start strutting ahead of me. You know what I do on purpose? What Jesus did. His disciples thought, well, we'll we'll protect Jesus. And you know what he does behind them? He turns left and goes to Capernaum. They go, where'd you go, master? And they finally find him, and he's sitting there with a heathen woman. Isn't that something? 
Now, I don't know if it was Capernaum, but I'll tell you, he turned and started speaking to a woman who wasn't a Jew. Where is it, brother? Samaria. Yeah, a Samaritan woman, yeah. So he took off the other way. Isn't that something? I do that with my kiddos, too, sometimes. They're walking ahead like they know where they're going, and I just, where'd you go, Papa? I said, I don't know. You came with me. See, a lot of us alphas think we know where we're going without the Holy Ghost. But we have this pie-in-the-sky thing that he's with me, yet he wants to guide us and lead us and comfort us. Amen. Because sometimes what seems right in the eyes of man will only bring destruction. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Are you independent? in the future, lead you and guide you? But we can't see. No, he says this. He goes, your peace would be like the river. Now watch. So I was thinking, I have peace like the river. No, you don't because God's not leading. Now watch this. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Now, what does another translation say? And your, what is it like the waves of the sea? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go here. Verse 18 in the ISV. If only you'd pay attention, then your peace would be like a river and your success like the wave of the sea. See, the, the, the translators wanted to show you that it's all based on righteousness, but righteousness is just the root of the word talking about that your righteousness makes room for your success in all that you do. Now, you say, oh, yeah, but I'm less than righteous. No, you're not. Did you know that all the promises of obedience according to the Deuteronomy 28 are yours because Jesus already fulfilled the law? That all the blessings of obedience are yours. Why are we always, can I tell you something, why are you always beating yourself up for something that the blood of Jesus already paid for? Why are you insulting the blood of Jesus? Why are you trampling? You know, everybody reads Hebrews, watch this, the contrast. In the law, you're already, you're messed up in the law. Got no hope. But we all break the law. But it's those who trample the blood, why do they trample the blood? Not because you're a sinner and you miss God. You trample the blood because you're still trying to live as someone who's under the, blood, uh, under the curse, not under the blood. And those people who live like that, they will not have repentance because they believe that no matter what they do, they'll never measure up. Are, are you here with me? Are you listening? This is so important in the book of Hebrews. It tells you the contrast between those that live according to the law and those that don't. That's why he says, by now, you guys ought to be teachers that are still living like babies because you're in condemnation. He says they didn't do anything because they didn't mix the word with faith. You know that you've got to mix the word with faith, not just have faith in a great beyond. A lot of them say, I move in faith. What does the word say? By his stripes, I'm healed. Really? Why, why did that word come about? I don't know. Then you're not, the word's not in you. It's not rhema. It's in your head. Because the minute you get a bigger cold than your faith, you're like, I messed up. I'm sick. Uh, speak the word of the. How many ever have just been so miserable that you don't want someone says pray and that's the last thing you want to do? Well, let's agree in prayer. Oh, what a guy! You know, it's true. Now watch this. But it says your success would be like the waves of the sea, and your descendants would be like the sand, and your offspring like the numberless grains. Then their name would not have been cut off, annihilated out of my reach. Now, I, I love what he says. He says, get away from Babylon, flee the Chaldeans, with happy shouts announce and proclaim to the ends of the earth and say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. 
Now, what is he saying? At the end, he says, there's no peace for the wicked. Are we aligning ourselves up and hanging out with the wicked? No wonder you don't have peace. What he's telling you is leave Babylon. You know that we are tied so much into Babylon that we're moving out. Man, gasoline's raised so much. God supplies your needs, doesn't he? I was reading out of 20, 21, and 22, and 19. I, I, I was finishing up the scripture. Now, a lot of people don't believe that he will show you the way to prosper. Did you know that he, it was him that guaranteed success and prosperity in your life? Pastor, are you preaching prosperity? Yes, darn right, but the right way. Don't chase money. Chase his will. If you're in his will, he promises that where you're at, you'll prosper. You know what? Don't put your faith in your job and what you... Am and I, God took us through these tremendous, tremendous lessons because we used to do the same thing. We would see my check, we would have it on the calendar, and we would plan. I mean, I am not kidding you. We would plan. And guess what? I don't care how much money I make. We fall short. Yet, when we obey God how to give, he would say, bam. And it's like, what are you doing, God? Because you know what we would. We would say, man, why is God playing with our faith? I remember one time we were talking, is God playing with us? But we would have our faith. And there was this one guy who got this union job. Oh, my God, smart and final. He was, you know, in the 80s, he was making like 18 bucks an hour. And he said, man, I'm, I'm on easy street. He put all his eggs in that basket. Then they went on strike. And part smart and final said, boom, you're all fired. We're going to start over. We're not going to be union no more. And all these plans he made on that money, he was like, and guess what? The word of the Lord came to him and said, don't trust it. No, you don't understand, man. I'm on easy street. I'm in union. He thought he was going to be like the, remember Steel, Bethlehem Steel and Kaiser Steel. Those companies are going to be around forever. Uniroyal, Firestone. Where are those companies now? They're memory. Remember, if your kids got it, you got your kids in there, you guys were set for life. Union jobs, benefits, you were set, right? That's how he thought he was. And then they fired him all. Imagine. That's why he says, don't depend on your horses. Don't depend on your, on, your, on your soldiers. Depend on God. If our economy changes and we start trading goats and chickens again, guess what? Those who trust God will have the most goats and chickens. Amen. I said amen. See, so now watch. You, you have to trust him, his word. Let us go to Revelation 10, 19. I'm going to take you to the scripture there. Ooh, you know what we taught? Oh, my God, school of the Bible. On, we had such a time. We had such a time. You know that it was Team Pont who got involved, and they were speaking back the word of God on talk show, school of the Bible. Now, watch this. We were learning that we were children of God. Can I tell you something? Do you really understand that you're a that God gave you the right and the power to become a child of God? When, it, when I say a child, God is your true father. But let's just go to Revelation 10.19. We're going to read about, we're going to read there in 10.19, yeah. And that's going to be a 10.19. Maybe I, maybe I have a, no, 19.10. Let me, let me say something that sounds very traditional. Pray for my dyslexia. 
It's not my dyslexia. Quit praying like that, okay? Lord, I give you my asthma. You better give it to him. It's not your asthma. Lord, I give you my backache. It's not your backache. The, de- the devil delivered it to you. Don't sign for it. That's a different teaching. Now watch this. 1910. He ended with, these are the true words of God, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, don't do it. I am fellow servant with you. He's talking about angels. Say, angels are my fellow servants. Oh, that's this. You know that what that means? It means that they're your servants in common, not that, not that you're equal with them, all right? Now, are you hearing me? And when you die, you don't, you don't get a demotion and become angels. Don't ever let, don't ever say that, okay? Now, watch this. Oh, man. You know, we hear that, and Pam and I want to speak up, and we have to, we have to put we have to put ropes on our mouth to gag us because we want to say something so bad. But watch this. And, and, and I fell at his feet, and he said, "Brothers, you hold on to the testimony of Jesus." Now watch this. What it says is that the tes- that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? What is that saying if it's the spirit of prophecy? That it was God did it once; He'll do it again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that say? All the things that were in the book of Revelation are historic, are present, and are for the future. Historic, present, and in the future, especially the first nine chapters of the book of Revelation. Did you know that the first nine chapters are basically to be taken in context and literally? Because he's not speaking about symbols anymore, but that's a whole other session. Now watch this. And he says it's the spirit of... Now watch this. Why do we go back to the Old Testament to look at what he said? And here's why. Let's turn our Bible to Matthew 13. Everyone say parables. Say parables are not doctrines. A lot of people say that and they get real firm on those things, and it's not. He'll speak through a parable, and and you know that he still speaks on the parables. We're Matthew 13, and and he tells parables. Why does he tell parables? Because he wants to reach those. Watch this. Parables are for those that he wants to speak to without speaking to the whole crowd all at once, because they'll be sitting there going, what the heck is he talking about? He's talking about those who are, have a hearing ear for the season. Okay, are you there? Matthew 13, 3. These are parables about the kingdom. That's what he says. He says, the kingdom of God is light. How many know, I don't care, I, I'm talking to Joshua and Caleb. You know, Joshua and Caleb saw the other, other, other generations die. I'm going to say it again. Joshua and Caleb saw the other generations die. How many here are in this place and have seen other people of your generation go home to be with the Lord? That means that God has use for you now. I want a whole bunch of Joshua's and Caleb's to train up the people that are coming in. How many know that God doesn't respect retirement from the gospel? You know that Paul didn't retire. He rented a house and everybody, all the young ones came to him and he Sent them out. Did you know that Oral Roberts didn't retire? They came to him, and he laid hands on them, and he continued their ministry. Did you know that because of him that there are other ministries and other sections of ministry that were to faith people when they got their nose up in the air and thought they were the only ones? They brought them all together and said, now you work together. Bill Winston said the same thing. He said that he was in Africa one time, and he's going like, you know, because he thought people of our camp have the word. What do you think the other people have? You know, the Word of Faith people argue with Calvary Chapel people a lot because of some of the doctrine. But can I tell you something? 
Yeah, if it weren't for Calvary Chapel, most of California wouldn't be safe. Because Calvary Chapel people still had altar calls. Well, where did faith, faith people stop? Because they were teaching centers. But the Bible never told us that teaching centers. Never did. We're not a teaching center. Never. Jesus was a, led a school of thought that continued through Paul, never setting up teaching centers. Never was the teacher to take the place. The gospel had to come through the apostle and the prophet to bring what was in season so that the, so that the pastor, teachers, and evangelists had something to say. Look it up. Bible ministry is not real big. It comes under the designation of prophet, priest, and king, who Jesus was. So it ain't big. If I'm an apostle, oh, I'm not the top of the rung. Jesus is because he's prophet, priest, and king. That's who we are. So don't call me apostle, even though I am under that ministry. Don't call me prophet, because even though I am, I'm under prophet, priest, and king. Jesus Christ. I still trip out when people call me pastor. I tell the kids all the time, when we're not in church, call me David. Yes, but this is your title. I'm not a title. I'm a person. I'm filled with the same spirit of God that you are. No, I'm, I'm talking. But see, Jesus was speaking. Now, this is important because he gave a parable. Now, watch this. And I'm reading out of Matthew, and then I'm going to jump over to, to, to uh, Mark chapter 4. But he started out in verse 3, and he said, Then he told them many things. In parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow the seed. And as he was scattering seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Then the sun came up and the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns. When they grew up, choked the plant. Still others fell on good soil where it produced 100, 60, and 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, the disciples came to him and said, hey, why are you speaking... To the people in parables. In other words, man, everybody needs to understand this. And he replied that the knowledge, verse 11, you got you to put a bunch of stars here, the knowledge of the, king, uh, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has here, whoever has will be given more, and whoever, watch this, and he will have an abundance. Everyone say abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Why will those things be taken from them? Everyone say wealth transfer. To those who have ears to hear, watch this. Where else did he talk about that? Remember Matthew 25, he gave the parable of the talents? Gave the parable of the talents. What are those all about? AGTs, abilities, giftings, and talents. Come on now. You have ears, he's talking to the people with abilities, giftings, and talents. Watch this. Abilities, giftings, and talents. He's giving to them the secrets of the kingdom. Why? Now, what were the disciples going to be? What were they going to become after Jesus was lifted? You guys knew what they called the 12 what? That's right, apostles. So he was giving them secrets. Why? Because the, according to, watch this, there you write your notes, Ephesians chapter 3 says that the mysteries of the kingdom will come through the apostle and the prophet. You know why the church was stuck as, as a car, stuck in the, in the sand? In the sand is because they dismissed and excluded the ministry of the apostle and the prophet. And all they thought is, Jesus saved, let's bring him in. Jesus saved, let's bring him in. And we lost the mystery or the secrets of the kingdom of God as revealed with apostles and his prophets. Did you know that don't follow a prophet because without the apostle, you'll have no direction? I talk to the apostle or the prophet. So what? You don't have any direction. Because the apostle defines the father 
what the what the prophet says for you in the in in the future. That's how it works. But we'll go from there. Let's just keep going. And he says, "Why he came to him?" And see, whosoever has will be given more. And watch what he says. He says, again, he preaches this because he said it back then too. This is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Now, everyone say, Percept, seeing is perception. And perception is seeing. What does that mean? See, Pastor, why do you speak to some parables? Because it's not given for everybody in here to understand. No, I'm kidding. Watch. Now listen, listen, I'm, I'm teaching you so you understand. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3 when he came to Nick at night, when Nick came to him at night, to Jesus at night, and he said, hey, tell me, what do I need to get saved? I'm breaking it down and giving it to you in, in, in the, the, the King David version. Now watch this. He says, verily saying to you that you must be born again, watch this, to see the kingdom of heaven. That word see means perceive. Now that word that gives perception gives him entrance into the, into being born from above. How? Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Say substance of things hoped for. It is substance. Everyone says some, substance is something I can hold. Of things hoped for. That word hope means that it's something that you see because it gives you vision of what you can possess. Amen? That is invisible now. Evidence of things not what? Seeing. You're pulling from an unseen kingdom to manifest in the natural. Amen? Got to see that. He is saying, you have ears to hear, you're going to have eyes to see. Because you're going to hear, and that's going to give you substance of what you don't see. That's why he got, then he goes, well, all going to come to see now. Watch this. Nicodemus was seeing something. He was seeing himself go back into his mama's womb. Are you getting that? He goes, well, how can I come again into my mother's womb being so old? He said, Nicodemus, you know, listen. How can you be so intelligent? And this one I'm saying. You know how to interpret the weather and you know how to do all these things. Verily saying to you, you must be born again, in other words, born from above, to enter the kingdom of heaven. Say enter. So he's telling you that you can come into an invisible kingdom once you're born from above. You're born from above. You're, in other words, you're born from the kingdom of God. Amen? Say I'm a kingdom citizen. Oh my goodness. Everyone say it again. I am a kingdom citizen. I am born from above. Now watch this. Say, I am not from below. Where Satan would be my father. Now you may say, what? Remember when he told the, told the Pharisees? The reason you don't understand what I'm saying is because you are from below and I am from above. You are of your father, the devil. Remember, they got really hot. I love the discourse in John when Jesus is speaking to the, to, to the Pharisees because they think they're so godly. He says, you don't understand. I'm from above. You're from below. Your father's the devil. How many here don't want to live from below anymore? How many here don't? You know what? My father is God. My eldest brother is Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Oh, no, he's not your eldest brother. He's God. No, he elevated you. got per- and how many know that you have been promoted? But you're not God. Yet you've been given his DNA to be like him here on earth. Did you know that the heavens and the high heavens belong to God, but the earth he's given to the sons of man? That word given means that you're in charge. You have delegated authority. You know why all this stuff is still going on? 
because we're not the watchers on the wall anymore. Did you know that other people being healed have everything to depend upon you, not God? Because you are the answer to someone's prayer. Don't put all this pressure on me. It's already there. Don't you sense it? Don't you wake up sometimes in prayer and you feel this immense pressure that there's got to be something that's going to break, something's going to happen? You, you know what? You've got to get ready. How many have ever been in a play or some kind of drama? Ever in school or whatever? You know, how many have ever done something like that? You know what? When it's your turn to get out there, don't you feel this pressure? Like, oh, my God, I, I hope I remember my lines. I hope that all this goes well. You know, I don't care if you were fifth grade, high school, or whatever. I remember I had to be in a play, Oliver Twist, and, and, and I, was in, I was at this thing in Griffith Park, and, and, and I had this part, and, and I, I had to, we had to do a, a stage kit. And we were grammar school kids, you know, we were like, we were still in, in grade school. And nobody wanted, they showed us how to kiss. You kiss like on the cheek, they, each cheek, just, and it looks like you were kissing on the mouth. You know, this is drama, so you got to do this real. Can I just peck on the cheek? No, you got to do this. You know that I was like, oh, my God, I hate because I did all the other part. Of, I did not want to do that. And then, and then the other part, I was shy. Well, I don't even know this girl, you know, that we were just practicing our lines. And so when it came up to you, you had to do this, this, this thing, and you had to kiss. And when this other person started talking, that's when you break. We just don't oh, start talking right away. We were talking. And so I remember still sweating. And my hands were just wet. I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's immense pressure. Not to memorize my line, but the stupid kiss. And we kept trying to talk him out of it. We even told our parents. And our parents said, well, not you. I'm like, no, not you. But when it was over and that scene was over and the curtain closed and everybody clapped, we were like, yes, did it. And it was nothing. Well, here's the point that's happening is that God is showing up on the scene and he wants to use you. And you're feeling this intense pressure. You want to get out from the pressure? Find out what God is saying for you to do in this season. Because the battle is the Lord. It's not you anyway. He's going to wear you like a glove and use you. You were afraid that God, can I tell you, this is why it's so important in this season to be around with God. He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, I like one translation that says, he who has ears, listen. And it says it real loud. Listen. It says, because they don't understand. In them is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that in you is the fulfillment of the prophecy for these days? Oh, my gosh. In you. That's why the sower sows the word. It's not just sows the word back then. He sows the word now for this season. The sower, the father. Come on, you know that in this, in this parable, the common denominator in Matthew and in, and in Mark is that the sower sows the word, the father is the one who sows the word. Amen? That's why he says, watch this. He didn't say read it. Didn't he say that? He didn't say read it. He said, listen. I would say, listen. Am I covering too much ground? We, you know, I don't want to cover a lot of ground and just miss everybody. Listen, it's time for this season. You know, God's going to tell you, you're on in five. Go lay hands on that person over there. Me, right now, right here, he might tell, talk to you in a supermarket. Tell the cashier that Jesus loves, loves him or her and lay hands on them. What? I remember one time I was paying a bill at the hotel, and God told me, go lay hands to, 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 to get this person healed. I'm thinking, and there were a whole bunch of people behind me, and I was like, what? So I finally just said, hey, you know what? And, and I opened the door. Just You know that God wants you to open the door. He said, there's the door. Walk through it. And so I told this person, allergies or cold? So they were like, oh, I'm dying. You know, I recently someone was really sick, and they, and they just, ah. Uh. And I said, well, you know what? 
God wants to heal you. Do you believe God heals? I don't know, but I'll try it. All right. And I grabbed hold of her hand, and I said, Father, thank you for visiting and for doing what you're going to do. And I released healing into the body. And then I just sensed the presence of God just going, and I released this Holy Ghost. Thank you. And then I said, how are you? She goes, I don't care how I am. I could breathe, and I could, I'm free of pain. But she said, what did you do? Because I feel like God or something visited me. She was more impressed with the presence that came upon her than just getting healed. I said, you know what? That's Jesus. Give your life to him. Did you do this before? Yeah, I accepted Jesus as a child a long time ago, but I didn't know he was anything like this. I said, serve him. Now watch this. I ain't saying, how many here have ever missed an opportunity and you feel bad? This girl went to Texas like a week and a half later, didn't see her again. Imagine if I would have said right here, right now, I would have missed the opportunity for her to have an encounter with God. She may never remember me, but she'll remember that God touched her. See, that's why it's important for you to listen. It has nothing to do with you. You're just a vessel to give what God has for another person. That's why I am raising up leaders in this place. And I tell you the Joshua's and Caleb's are going, to, are going to rule the day. Now watch this. Isaiah 48, 17, you've got to know what he says ahead of time and at the end. Isaiah 49 says, I will contend with those who contend with you. How many know that, how many know that God, you need God to contend with some people that want to contend with you? That's why your, your peace will, 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 will rule you like the river. Now watch this. Watch what. I, I love this. Watch. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone, we're going to pass this, okay? We're going to go, he says, you will be ever hearing but never understanding, perceiving but never understanding. For the people's hearts become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. And everyone say understand with their heart. This is not the time for the theologian. Can I tell you something? Understand with your heart first, then go back and see that you're accurate. A lot of us depend on our intellect to get us through. The Bible is not to be intellectually understood. It's to be spiritually discerned. The Bible tells us that. How many know the Bible tells us that? The Bible never told you to take the, first, the five steps of judging prophecy. He just said to judge it. How? How do, how do you do it? He said, try all things and hold on to that which is true. Try it. Try it. How do you try it? Like a person in court. Weigh out the evidence. Has it been done before? Yes. Did you know that the Old Testament is written as examples? It's not as written as doctrine today. Amen. The Old Testament is not doctrine. It's examples. Jesus is the revelation of the doctrine of the Old Testament. So if what you're reading contradicts Jesus, then you need to go back and park all that stuff you heard and understand it. Because people try to interpret the Old Testament apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the manifestation of perfect theology. He said, I'm going to show you the Father. I'm going to show you the heart of God. Now watch this. This is so important. Now watch this. Verse 11. In them, uh, that we already covered. Okay, never mind. See, the knowledge of the mysteries about the kingdom of God are from heaven. Now, Now, I want you to understand. It's faith. Is, is what we get out of this. Now watch this. Verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. 
if you want to operate in the blessing, you need to hear. For I tell you the truth that many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but do not see it, and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Did you know that Brother Hagin is in heaven saying, man, I wish I knew what they know now? You know that, 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 that Oral Roberts is in heaven saying, man, these guys, man, they got it because they're going to be on. Do you know that on the needle of the head of the revelation that you have lays everything that God is about to do in this season? Okay, so let's look. Let's look down. Uh, we're going to be, we just read verse 16. Now watch this. Verse 18. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away what was sown in the heart. This is seed that's along the path. Everyone say the path. The path is the way that you did it before because it's a worn path. God wants to take you on a new path. Everyone say new path. I want you to picture in your mind a path that does not have a road or a worn road. You got to know this. Did you know that the sower sows the word has to do with growth and levels of growth? does. Because God is talking about a season here in Matthew 11. Why is it a new season? Because it's not the way that the Jews did it before. Matthew was primarily written to who? The Jews. So he's telling them something new. Say, Jesus Christ came to teach and show the people a new school of thought. Did you know that who were his contemporaries? Remember that, that the Greeks always got people together under a school of thought. Remember, the people who followed Socrates operated under his school of thought. Jesus didn't. That's why he had disciples. He, now, watch this. Before everybody goes, oh, well, watch this, because this is what you're going to hear. Do you know that the way church is done is, was invented by the Greeks because they had an orator and people were sitting? And I got news for you, people. The way that Jesus taught were the way that the, were the, way that the Greeks taught. Why? He took that which was common in the culture and used it. So God's not opposed to you taking what's common in the culture and using it. But we want to get so messianic that we miss the freedom that Christ has in us. You know why we don't sit down and have a Seder? Because that was then and this is now. Now, it's neat. The teachers enjoy that because they know what everything means. Okay? Are you with me? If you want to use the tabernacle method to pray, do it. But I'll understand it because a lot of people will take yourself in prayer and go by the labor, make sure your sins are gone, and, you know, go on and on. That's fine. Okay? Use those things to your heart's content. Now watch this. I'm just telling you. Say, say, Pastor, keep going. Now watch this. It says, when everyone, so get ready because it's going to sow in your heart. Watch this. The evil one comes. This seed is sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word, once receives it with joy. But it says he has no root. He only lasts a short time when trouble and persecution comes because of the word. Okay, the first one is sown on boneheads that don't listen to the word. I'm not going to change. I'm going to stay on the same road. Guess what? They're not going to grow. Look at the progression. You're going to go and you're going to establish a new road. Say new road. Did you know that on that new road there's going to be thorns and there's going to be rocky places? Say amen. Because nobody cleared it yet. Say, because nobody cleared it yet. So I'm going to clear the road. How do you clear the road? Watch. The word is sown on a path that you have not been on before. Amen? Are you, are you catching the picture? I want you to catch that. The word is sown. 
it quickly produces. They quickly produce it. But because of the thorns and the rocks, it quickly dies. They quickly die. Now, that word says because there was no root, it means that there was no progeny. Everyone say progeny. Now, progeny is spelled P-R-O-G-E-N-Y. You know what that means? It's that you didn't keep sowing. Now, watch this. A lot of us stop and say, okay, I'm going to build my tabernacle here. No, you don't. You don't build it. We're, everyone say we're on a journey. Now, guess what happens? You sow, and the word keeps coming. And so you progeny means there wasn't another plant to see you through. You stop receiving the word because you know what happens? The word is sown. It grows up. It bears fruit. It dies. It grows up. It bears fruit. Dies. It grows up. Because why? You've never been on this path before. How many know that when you, when, you, when you first get to something, you break sod? You know what break sod means? is that you clear the land. Then you know what you do afterwards? You have, to, you have to plow it to build furrows where you can plant the seed. How many know that's the truth? But did you know that when you first get to the land, you scatter seeds because you want some kind of harvest so that you can pay for what you're going to do next. So you clear the land as best you can because you're going to walk the land. It's yours. And you broadcast seed. Everyone say broadcast. Did you know that broadcast means is that you throw it and you throw it and you throw it? That's what the word broadcast. You know what I like? You know, I went to Home Depot and got myself a broadcaster. And go, and that seed goes everywhere. Then I got better at it. Then I got this little cart. And I push it around and got my broadcast. Did you know that when we broadcast the word, we scatter seeds? That's where the word broadcast comes. You get on radio and you're broadcasting. You're spreading seeds. You're taking words out. Now watch this. When you grow and when you're moving away from religion and you're moving into newness of land, you spread and it grows and it grows and it grows and a seed goes. What happens is to a lot of believers is they say, oh, I tried it and it didn't work. No, it's because you have no progeny. You have no fruit. You have no offspring on those rocky soil. That's why it didn't last. Now watch. He's telling you that the road you're on is not going to last. And then he said, it fell in rocky places. Here's the word. And it won't receive it with joy. But since there's no root, it lasts for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes. Now, didn't Jesus say that we're going to have, that in this world we'll have persecution? Didn't he say that in this world you'll have tribulation and you'll have trouble? What he, it doesn't mean that you screwed up. See, but because we have the filter lens of being sinners, we think, I must have sinned. That was rocky soil. No, it was a new path that you're walking on, to do something that's never been done before. This is what Jesus was telling the Jews in his school of thought. You're going to go through some rocky paths. We're going to establish a new foundation. We're going to establish something that's never been done before. That's what we're called to do. The footprint of this ministry is to do things that have not been done before. And a lot of you said, yes! But then we hit that rocky soil, and we don't keep the word in us enough to produce, to produce, to produce. Are you listening? Don't turn me down because you're not understanding the parable because the parable so many times were looked upon as doctrine. Now watch. Acts 2.42, sir, says that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Do you know what that means? It's not theology. It's what God is releasing for that season. Look it up. Because the apostles' doctrine did not include all the scrolls of the Old Testament, although they alluded to define what Jesus was doing in his time. Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42 and on has the, 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 the principles of the Word of God. Now watch this. Pastor George, how much time do I have? He goes, I don't know. Watch this. Ah. Now, they fell on, watch this. But since he has no root, lasts only for a short time. Watch this, watch this. The, now watch this. Because of the Word, he quickly falls away. The one who receives the seed that fell among thorns is the man who hears the Word but the worries of life. Now, as you grow, let's say you don't become a bonehead and the word starts to grow. 
let's say that you've been planting seeds and you receive a progeny, okay? You receive the word, the word, the word. The next place is, watch this, you're graduating, you're growing. Now you're sowing seed and it's starting to produce. But what happens? The cares of life, the cares of life, come and take the word. How many of you ever had cares of life just mess you up? Oh, my God. It's true. Now, watch this. The cares of life. Oh, my goodness. The cares of life mess you up. Now, watch this. But since, and the worries of life and the deceitfulness of riches choke at making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil, the man who receives the word, understands it, and he receives. Everyone say, produce it. We're going to be closing right now. But yeah. Okay. okay. I'm going to say, release it. Say, say what we release. And we hold on to that which is new. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. Everyone say that we hold on to that which is new. That God is able to produce in me when I understand 30, 16, 100 poles. The, the understanding of the times that you live in. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, that's it for today. How many here received something from this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I kept it under 45 minutes today. Glory to God. God is so good. Let's receive right now. Get ready to receive this evening's size this morning's size and offer. Amen. Glory to God. Now, we're going to continue this next week or when we're in the Word again. Let me get something out of this. Yeah, the message is right on for us. You know, we're preparing to go and spread seed, and uh, we need prayer. And you know, uh, you know, just uh, that everything would go go right, and that opens doors. Yeah, so praise God. We'll do that right now, Father. Let us Louis goes forth, Father, and he and his wife go forth to spread seed and to move into the things of God. I pray your anointing, Father, just flood him and take him over, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, that, is, that 
he receive revelation, that he receive a now word. Father, be upon him, in him, and through him even now. Holy Ghost, come and fill his heart and mind at every point in Jesus' name. For the crown of his head to the soul of his feet, be filled for the understanding of the time. Thank you, Father, for ministering and moving in and through him in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that you give him strength like Caleb, Father, that, that Lord, that he could swing the sword like he was 20 years old in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We'll see you again. Okay. All right. Maybe in Orient? Yeah, in the Habra. Oh, in the Habra? Okay. Well, yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're always going to be close by. So. Okay. Uh, I'll be in touch. Be blessed. Be blessed, young lady. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you. Release back into her life. We are in time where God wants to want to understand that there's the passion for me to get this message out that it's just that we ready to we come together here, we start at hand, we start this way. We need to we need to lead in prayer always. Don't and I say don't be late, someone rise up and talk to us are traveling from where we're at to start up at ten o'clock, get fired up, just start praying. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what to pray that one of the things you want? God is able to do abundantly above all that we ask. Abundantly above all that we ask. 
school of the Bible, we were learning about being sons of God. We've been given authority to become his offspring. And we were really thinking who we live like we're truly sons of God. Amen. And so let's see everything that God called us to Yes, sir. Yes.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.